rising on an emerging generation of kings. Let's go real quick to the book of John. John chapter 21. It's quite a All right, media, you have it. John chapter 21. Somebody might be wondering, why are you having a breakfast service? You would just like to do different things, yeah? Because Jesus told us, come and eat breakfast. Now, some people think that's metaphoric. It's literal. It's in the Bible. It's in my text this morning. Some people have never read that portion of the Bible. It's in the Bible. Jesus said, come and chow. Come and eat. Come and chop. John 21 from verse 1. I'll read alone for time's sake, but I might ask you to read some verses together with me. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, or Tiberias, depending on whether you're American or European. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, look at somebody say, God will show himself to you this morning. Please look at somebody say, God will show you this morning. Simon Peter, everybody can believe that, but Thomas called a twin, the doubting guy, in other words, whether you are as fervent and as ardent as Simon or you're doubting like Thomas or Nathaniel that we don't hear too much about in the Bible, God's got you covered. God is going to show himself to the Peters. He's going to show himself to the Thomases. He's going to show himself to the Nathaniels. The Peters are the guys that are always visible and vocal and everybody knows them to be with Christ. The Thomases are those who are already given up on quitting on the church and faith and preaching and everything like that. Nathaniels are those that you only hear about two or three times all through the entire Bible. So whether you are visible and on stage or you hid somewhere behind one of the flower vases or you spend half the time of a service in the toilet because you're an introvert. <laughs> Actually, that's not an introvert. That's a controvert. <laughs> you're causing controversy. Like you don't want anybody to see you. God will show himself to you this morning. You might not want to show yourself to God, but God will show himself to you this morning. That amen sounds like it has lakba lakba. That amen sounds like it needs some air while going. It says, the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. I'm done with this Jesus business. I don't want to walk with him any longer. I'm going fishing. So they said to him, no problem. <laughs> let's, be, let's do a JV. We're business partners with you. We're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had come, had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Can you imagine that? Look at somebody say, imagine that. They didn't know, they didn't know it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? What kind of savior is resurrected and is asking for food? Look at somebody say food is so important. It's even relevant after resurrection. 
Some people think that Jesus is just one mystical, strange, long-bearded person who doesn't have a real life. But Jesus is resurrected. He's, he's the embodiment of God's power. He has defied man's greatest enemy, which is death. And now he's showing himself again. It's not the first time he's showing himself to the disciples, but he's showing himself again and is saying, have you got food? Look at somebody beside you and say, don't play with food. Food is important. We'll talk about that some more later. They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment because he had removed it. The Bible says it there, for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. In other words, in, in other words, Simon Peter was ashamed of himself. He couldn't watch. It was a, an I can't watch moment. I've disappointed the master moment. And so he hides in the water. He jumps, just imagine, very theoretical. He jumps into the water. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Look at somebody say, if you will drag something. Drag fish. Stop dragging people on Twitter. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have caught, just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was broken. What did Jesus say to them? Some of you thought I was joking earlier. You've never seen that in your Bible. Shout aloud. What did Jesus say? GB, I can't hear your voice this morning. Come and... Please write this somewhere. Jesus does not only invite you to prayer meeting. He invites you to chopping meeting. And one of the challenges of the African approach to ministry is that we have mystified and religionized everything. So we know a praying Jesus but not the eating one. We know the preaching Jesus but not the laughing one. Come on somebody. We know the healing Jesus but not the one that is playing with children. Jesus was the one who said, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them. And likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to breakfast with you, to eat with you this morning. Father, we ask, oh God, that as we eat, that you open the eyes of our understanding, enlighten us and cause us to absorb not only uh, natu natural nutrients, but also spiritual nutrients. Father, I ask, oh Lord, that you reveal yourself to the three categories of people, to the Peters amongst us who are fervent and who may have even betrayed you at some point. Father, introduce yourself to the Thomases who are doubting and who are uncertain. And introduce yourself to the Nathaniels amongst us. To the end that everybody here will leave here refreshed, equipped, empowered, enriched 
stirred up but also filled with the revelation of Jesus the Christ Lord now ask oh God that even as we eat the word and we eat food later that this will be communion to our souls and that there will be healing miracles manifest in our bodies if we give you all the praise and glory our father in Jesus name we have prayed can that amen be louder there's something about God and food God loves food if there's anybody here who loves food, you're in good company. Is anybody who loves food, just be honest. Wave your hand like when you see food, your eyes start popping. Like, it's like the, there's a spring in your eye. Like, it just begins. To, you have to actually, maybe like the reason you actually go for events, you go, who has like shades? Anybody with shades, like physical shades? Come on, give me, give me one real quick. You have shades and the reason you actually go for events is that whenever you see food at events, your eyes begin to bulge and pop out. And so you actually use the shades as a coping mechanism to hold your eyeballs in place. Someone's like, oh, I raised my hand before, but this one is not my portion. <laughs> right? People who love food. And many times people who love food are criticized and vilified as if it's something bad. But the first mention of food did not come from man. It was from God. God said, I've given you the plants and the herbs and all those things for food. In other words, if you want to think about friendship for food, it actually originated from God. God saw the need in man's life and said, you're going to need some food. You're going to need some food. Now, the, <laughs> the thing is, whilst you should eat food, shall be your foyer food, whilst you eat food, God does not want us to worship food. So look at somebody say, don't be a friend for food only. It's okay to love food, but it's not okay to love it more than Jesus or love it more than the people who cook the food. But all through the Bible, we begin to see food. It's a recurrent issue, even in the ministry of Jesus. In the ministry of Jesus, in the book of John, if you look through the book of John, you're going to find food mentioned multiple accounts. I'll walk you through a couple of them. Book of Luke, there are 10 major stories in the book of Luke that revolve around food. Jesus either eating food with people, multiplying food for people, or speaking about food and using food as an icon or an element that represents himself. You know, I hope you're still here. Right. So food is important. It's extremely crucial. In the book of John, we see the very first miracle that Jesus worked, John chapter 2, was around food and drinks. Come on, somebody. The wedding what? It's called the wedding feast. It's not just a wedding hangout or a wedding party. In a wedding party, the movie grossed all kinds of hundreds of millions and all of that. But there's even the difference between a party and a feast. Uh, a party is the kindergarten. A feast is a party with PhD. Can I talk to somebody right now? In a party, you fight for food. In a feast, food fights for you. In a party, the food is not enough. In a feast, the food is more than enough. <laughs> in a party, say they have not served us. In a feast, you are like, add me to the food. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, when the Bible speaks about food in the book of Isaiah, it said upon the mountain of God, there will be a feast of fat things, not a party. In a party, you participate. In a feast, you feast. I proclaim concerning somebody who has even been parting with God, just taking a bit of uh, a part of this, a part of the anointing, a part of worship, a part of grace. God moves you from the level of parting to a feast. 
When God throws a party, it's actually a feast. The Bible says in Psalm 78 that when they said, can God actually furnish a table in the wilderness? He said that the Most High was angry. He felt insulted. He opened the windows of heaven and he rained down manna upon them. I pray for anybody who's going through any lack or deficiency, receive a rain of what you need in the name of Jesus. If there's any sickness in your body that is caused based on a vitamin deficiency, vitamin D or E or, or A, or K, whatever deficiency it is, by spiritual impartation, we ask for a recalibration of your hormones in the name of Jesus. And that amen sounds like it has a vitamin deficiency syndrome. I pray that you receive a recalibration. The very first thing, John chapter 2, it was at a wedding feast. Turn water to wine. Few chapters later in John chapter 5, guess what Jesus said in, in verse 35? He says, I am the bread of life. God loved food so much, he called himself food. Oh, you're not getting that. He's saying, feast on me. What food does for you, I can do more. If food satisfies you, I can satisfy you more. If food excites you, I'm more exciting than food. If food is able to help you fight against sicknesses and illnesses, I will defend you. But guess what? The food you don't internalize cannot defend you. So God does not want to just be admired. He wants to be consumed. John chapter 6 verse 41. He says, I am the bread from heaven. So not only am I the bread of life, I am the bread from heaven. I am the bread from heaven. Somebody say food. John chapter 6, there is the miracle there that we see. John chapter 6, there's a miracle there that we see. Jesus literally multiplies five loaves of bread and two fish. And he feeds 5,000 men aside women and children. Aside women and children. In John chapter 15, it says, I am the true vine. And that's still dreams around food. I'm the true vine. John 21, after he resurrected, he still comes and it says, have you any food? Have you any food? What is it about food? So many things about food. I'm going to talk about four major things I want to concentrate on this morning. But what is it about food? Part of the things about food is the food is a connection point. It's a, it's a point, a rallying point. And in food or over food, the hearts and the desires of men are unveiled or unpacked. Come on, somebody. In our text, we find Jesus... He's been crucified, he's been buried, he's resurrected, he's come alive. But guess what? One of the major things that makes this text very interesting is that there's this guy called Peter, Simon Peter. Most people know Simon Peter. Simon Peter was the one who would always speak. He was the one who was very vocal, very expressive. Whenever there was an issue, he always spoke his mind. He was always out there fighting. Nevertheless, Simon Peter was also the one who failed woefully. You know, Jesus had said to him, Simon, Simon, the devil has sought to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And it says that when you return, right, you're going to trip, you're going to make some mistakes. But when you return, strengthen your brethren, which already begins to tell me something, that God does not give up on those that he has called. So he says the enemy is looking for you to sift you as wheat. What is wheat? Is that food or not? 
says the enemy wants to sift you like food. He wants to mess you up. He wants to fracture you, break you up, dismember you, disconnect you. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Nevertheless, the word makes it clear that Simon Peter, he denies Jesus. Not only does he deny Jesus, he actually says in John chapter 21, I am going to fish. Jesus had called him away from the fishing business. In Luke chapter 5, he said, you know, follow me. I'll make you fish of men. God had called him away from that. But he said, I'm going back to the same thing that God called me from. And many of us in this room today, we are simonic in our lives. Look at somebody say, you look simonish. Say, you look simonic. Look at somebody say, you look petrish sometimes. Yeah, Peter-like. Your name is not Peterson, but <laughs> you look Peterful. What does, what does that mean? That means that you are the person who says to God, God, I will never disappoint you. God, I will never fail you. God, if you bless me, I will bless you back. God, I will wound you with money. Yet, when God blesses you with money, his call enters voice call. Voicemail. God starts telling you, move this man in this direction. Line busy, sir. Look at someone say that Simon at work. Some of you are not looking at anybody. Some of you are just saying it. Look at them, koro koro, eyeball to eyeball. Say that Simon at work. Simonish. Say, God, no matter what you do, if you can heal me of COVID, I've got you covered. God brought you through COVID, healed you of COVID. Master life now, you are too busy. So you haven't got him covered, he's got you discovered. Simon, because Simon is the one who's going to make a promise in the time of safety and security. But when it's not convenient, he goes into hiding. He goes into fishing. He goes back to what God called him out of, out of the selfishness, out of the self-preservation, out of the addiction, out of the challenges of the struggles. He goes back to that same place. Please, I'm going to look for a Simon or Simonella, Salmonella around you. <laughs> that sounds like a dis. And tell that person, what are you fishing for these days? Please help me leave your table. Go and shake another table somewhere else literally and tell that person, what have you gone back to fish for these days? Hey! Um, yeah. Some of you didn't even stand. Some of you, your Simon quotient is so high. What have you gone back to that God called you out of? What, are, what have you gone back to? Or for some of you, listen guys, who have you gone back to? Can I preach this morning? Hey. So that people can still eat. They lose their appetite. <laughs> Who have you gone back to? 
because some Simon, you are now so Simon, you are no longer S-I-M-O-N. You are now S-I-G-H-M-O-U-R-N. Simon. When the angels look at what you've gone back to after the blood was shed for you, they sigh. It's just that there's no mourning in heaven. Simon went back to fishing. He made a commitment. He said, I'm going back to fishing. I can't deal with this Jesus business any longer. He promised us that he's the Messiah. He promised us about a better kingdom. They thought it was coming to take over from the oppression of Rome. I've taught you that. So they were expecting a physical kingdom in the here and now. But the kingdom he came with is first of all going to be manif- manifested spiritually before it's manifested physically in the age to come. Are you getting this now? So there's the disappointment and the anger and the disappointment in himself. Simon did not just go back to fishing because he was disappointed in Jesus who just died. He was also going back to fishing because he was disappointed in himself. How many of us have gone back to something that God brought us out of because we're disappointed in ourselves? So you said to yourself, I will no longer sleep with anybody until I get married. But one day, you had to sleep. S-L-I-P. It was a sleep. You didn't sleep with a person. But you were so disappointed and overwhelmed and anxious that the enemy moved you and said, ah, they already touched you. Yeah, let them touch you all the way. See, this touch it challenge. Look at some say, don't touch it. Look at some say, don't touch me. If the person did not say, so disappointed in ourselves you said you wouldn't drink again but then you drank like the fish you were supposed to go and catch are you getting what I'm saying so instead of catching fish you became a drunk one instead of catching fish you were catching crews and then from catching crews you were catching feelings from catching feelings, you're catching cold. Baby, are they catch me cold? Jollof rice, eh? I should keep some for seconds. This is a bit too much. I'll preach you out of that wrong fishing. Come out of the Sea of Tiberias. Come out! He went back to fishing. GB was disappointed in himself. Sometimes the reason we backslide, sorry, slide back. Moonwalk on earth is because we're disappointed in ourselves. So my father was a pastor. His father was a pastor. His father, father was a pastor. Pastor, pastor, pastor. But me, I'm now a pastor. Say, so how can I do this? He was disappointed in himself. But how many of you are grateful to God for a Jesus that does not allow your disappointment in yourself disappoint him from reappointing you? 
Is there anybody who's grateful for a Jesus who comes looking for people with coconut head that don't used to hear word with Oju Kokoro looking into everything that is not theirs? Who is grateful for a Jesus who is a very present help, not only in times of promotion, but in times of trouble? Who is grateful for Jesus the Christ who said, I will never leave you, not forsake me. So you can be Josh not too funny and say, don't leave me. I'm not going to leave you, not forsake you. If you leave me, I won't leave you. Come on, somebody. Baby, come help me real quick. If you leave me, I will not leave you. Are you hearing this? So here is Bemiga. Uh, Bemiga, don't leave me, don't leave me, but you're straying, straying. You leave. You keep taking leg back, baby. I for one leg. You keep straying, keep straying, keep straying, keep straying. You keep straying until there is a gap. Watch this. Whenever you feel a distance between you and Jesus, it wasn't Jesus who moved, it was you who moved. It wasn't God who moved, it was you who moved. But I'm grateful to God that when I move into nonsensical decisions, here comes the Peter Potter of the Good Shepherd's footsteps in the cracks and the crevices of the high mountains coming to look for me without any GPS because he is the GPS. He is God's positioning system. He comes looking for me and he finds me caught in a twig or a broken branch or under a stone or a rock and he says, you may leave me, but I will not leave you. Whoever has gone back to fishing, let me tell you what, when you go back to fishing and you become a fish, the fisher of men comes to fish for you. He comes fishing for you. I want to look at somebody besides that Jesus is fishing for you this morning. Ah oh, yes, Jesus is fishing for you this morning. Where are my co-preachers? Where are my assistant preachers? Help me preach at somebody. Covenant, say Jesus is fishing for you. I know that you're in the sea. You might not be in the sea of Tiberias, but you're in a sea of debt, or a sea of loss, or a sea of pain, or a sea of disappointment, or a sea of failure, or a sea of regret or a sea of shame whatever the sea is there is Jehovah oversee there, there is Jehovah who oversees every sea who can walk on any sea in other words what can sink you Peter remember Peter this is not the first sea I'm saving you from Peter you remember Peter just a while ago when I was walking on water all of y'all talk, thought I was a spirit and it was only you Peter who said if you are the Christ tell me to come and Peter began to walk on the sea but he began to sink in the sea guess what Jesus did his stretched his hand and he pulled him out from when he was drowning so now Peter you are not really drowning but remember in our text Peter jumped into the sea God said whether you are drowning by life circumstances or you jumped in by yourself I got you in the grip of grace I will pull you out of self-made complications I will pull you out of dumb decisions I will pull you out of life's afflictions I will who are the people Jesus is pulling out some of you are just sitting down there doing all that. Who is that person who made a stupid mistake? You ran into the wrong relationship, lost your family investment, collected money from daddy and mommy and invested in this. something that went bad. God says, I will pull you out. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but we'll pull you out by the Spirit of God. We'll bring you out of that place. We'll bring you out of that limitation. We'll bring you out of that barrier. We'll bring you out of 
of that prison. We'll bring you out of that pain. We'll bring you out of that difficulty. We'll bring you out in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, I'm coming out. I didn't say say it if you're on table here. I didn't hear your voice here. Shout, I'm coming out. Some of you don't believe it. Let every part of your belly shout. You might be in a sea of debt. You're owing money. You are now a millionaire. You are praying to be a millionaire. But you're now a millionaire in debt. Well, let me tell you about a billionaire in grace. A trillionaire in mercy. A quadrillionaire in help. He is coming into that situation. As many as have faith to believe. And he's bringing you out. In the name of Jesus. Though people on that table are not hearing the message so let me come to this table I said God is bringing you out 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 do you hear the word of the Lord do you hear the word of the Lord shout I'm coming out of this one I'm coming out of that place. It does not matter if it's the bed of fornication. I preach you away from the blanket. I preach you away from the duvet. I preach you out of the pawn pages. I preach you out of the limitation. You are coming out of every entanglement, every confinement, and every limitation. Jesus has come to the sea of Tiberias. Jesus has come to the sea of deliverance. He's brought his grace. Israel has bringing you out of that sea. What is that sea? There is one who is over the seas. He says the king, he rides upon the waves of the winds. Thank you very much, Bimiga. He looks for him and he finds him. I'm almost there. So understand this. Jesus comes to that sea. <laughs> said, have you any food? What would most of us do to people that have disappointed us? I don't even want to see you eye to eye. No eye to eye. No pairing of my device. No files will be sent through Zender or Bluetooth. What's Bluetooth? What I want to give is black eye, not Bluetooth. <laughs> because, I'm, <laughs> because I'm red with anger. Why should I give you Bluetooth when you're behaving like a black sheep? But guess what? There's a sheep for every sheep. There's an S-H-I-P for every S-H-E-E-P. God has come to sheep his sheep into the right fold. Have you any food? Jesus does not come with a long list of their disappointments. Say you, Nathaniel, all th my three-year ministry, I mentioned you only once, and that was when I called you. What I... <laughs> What are you doing? No, not our Nathaniel. Our Nathaniel is a faithful guy. <laughs> he doesn't come with a long list of problems, complications, difficulties, challenges. See, I'm here to finish you. See, I keep records. <laughs> I'm a vengeance keeping God. He doesn't say that. He said, children. In other words, I get something about you. You are mine, but you'll still be even like children. 
What do you do when children have to eat? You have to cook for them, right? Come on, somebody. What else do you have to do? Prepare the food for them, right? What else do you have to do? Serve the food and what else? Feed them by doing what? Breaking it down. Jesus said, because you are still children, let me serve you. This is the reason. They said, have you any food? They said, you don't have any food. Guess what? They said, if you cast the net here, you go and find fish, right? But do you notice by the time they get back to the sea, Jesus, or rather to the shore, Jesus already has a fire. Are you seeing? Okay. Some of y'all didn't get that. Give me that verse, media. Said, so cast the net. I wish I could preach this, but for time I won't preach. Maybe second service, this part. They caught so much fish. He said, have you any food? They caught, what, 153 fish. Somebody says a feast. How many disciples were at the shore? If you count, it's somewhere between six and eight disciples were at the shore. Gives us three names, then talks about the sons of Zebedee and I think one or two other people. We're at the shore. They catch 153. The Bible does not just say normal fish. said they were large fish. Where's celebration? He's going to celebrate. See, Simon Peter went up and dragged the nets to land. Full of large fish. 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. I'll preach that in the second service. But let me prophesy this here. God is going to give you a blessing that is bigger than your network. But your network will not break down. Now, let's even assume all the 12 disciples were there. We know all the 12 were not because Judas was not there. So can somebody do the calculation? 153 divided by 11 disciples. Somebody do that calculation real quick. 13.9, about 14. So for every disciple, there were 14 fish. Large. Have you seen those large fishes you see by the roadside when you're traveling? The big fish. Majestic fish. Huge. 14 fish per disciple. See, whilst you're praying for bread and fish, see, when Jesus is asking you for something, it's not because he doesn't have it. It's because he wants to grow away from being a child to being an adult. So God giving you instructions is a compliment. God asking you for money, time, energy. It's not that he doesn't have it. It's that he, he has more than enough, but he wants to grow in fellowship. Are you getting the point? How does the person who's saying, do you have any food, turn out to be the one giving them 14 large fish? Are you getting it? But as long as you're always at the receiving end from God, you are still what? A children. Have you any food? Are you getting that now? So when God says, I want more of your time, more of your energy, more of your consecration, more of your heart, more of your gifts, it's not because he doesn't have more gifted people. Or if you can say amen, say ouch. It's because he wants you to participate in fellowship. And part of participating in fellowship is in furnishing tables with him. The reason I know this is that God never gives you enough fish just for you. If he's only in the business of satisfying your desires, he'll only give you enough for you. But every time
time God gives somebody something in the Bible, we give them more than enough. Why? God never wants to create consumers. He wants co-laborers. So that out of the excess you have, you serve other people the way I have served you. Are you here, somebody? Guys at the back, are you still here? Can you shout yes till I can hear you loud? I need to really shout because we are monitoring voices and the volume of your voice will determine how many sandwiches you're allowed to. <laughs> Some people are taking it very seriously. Like, ah, let me just be going now. There's no hope for me. <laughs> Look at somebody say, don't just eat fish. Catch fish. Say, don't just catch fish. Share fish. If you're a leader, my question is, where are your fish? If you're a team elite, where are your fish? If you just got saved some months ago, where are your fish? If you got saved yesterday when we spoke on the streets, where are your fish? Please don't get tired of talking to your neighbor. Can you look for two or three neighbors, eyeball to eyeball, I'm almost done, and ask them, Eskisa, Eskisma, where are your fish? Where? Is your edge at ding ding? Where are your fish? Where are your fish? I know that you may feel inexperienced. You may feel like you've disappointed me. But I came to prove a point. That I'm the kind of God who still comes to eat with people who have disappointed him. The kind of God who comes to feast who comes to relate. How many of you know that you don't eat with everybody? So for Jesus to come and eat with them was telling them something about the character of God. Why? Because everybody talks about how Peter was the one who denied Jesus, right? That's what we say. How about the others that were not even there to deny him? At least somebody was there, close enough to deny. The others, Jackpot. So the people ambient. Ambient. The people here today who feel so far from God, you, you don't even have the opportunity to deny Jesus because the people don't even know that you know him. Nothing on your WhatsApp lets us know what's up. Nothing, no trace, no connectivity. At least Peter they said he looks like he looks Christish. Christios. <laughs> if you look at your reels, are you for real? Have you edited the Christ out of every room in your life? And you only consult him in secret. Christ is not he does not want to be consulted only in secret. He wants to be declared in public. There's only juju men that have a secret place where they go and intercourse with demonic spirits and then they'll come out and look like God says, I want it to be intimate with me inside and outside. Externalize the Christ in you. And that's part of why I believe, don't forget, the Last Supper, the Last Supper to look by George, where they have the Last Supper? Don't forget, it's called the Last Supper, not the last meal because Jesus had other meals after that. He had breakfast after the Last Supper. Oh, come on. Some of y'all know it's like you're putting this morning. 
Even if it's your last supper, Jesus has breakfast coming. The last supper, why they have it in the upper room? It was exclusive, covered up. But the breakfast, the first breakfast after the resurrection was in the public place. He's saying, let everybody know who you eat with. Let everybody know who you dine with. Because you will look like the people you eat with. You will look like what you eat and you will look like those you eat with. And what you eat determines what cannot eat you up. Daniel was on a diet that defeated lions. So lions couldn't digest him. Because <laughs> your diet determines whether you can die yet. I hope that all you're getting out of this is not the word play and the and the P-U-N-S. I hope somebody wants to have breakfast with Jesus. Breakfast will be served in a few minutes, but in this moment, right where you are, some of you have gone back to fish. Some of you have become fish. Some of you, you are now dragging nets. Some of you, like Simon Peter, the Bible says that he jumped into the water. Simon Peter. Don't forget, in every other place we see him called Peter, 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 Peter. He changed it from Simon to Peter, but here, in two places we see Simon coming up. Simon, Simon, devil has shifted away. Here, it says Simon Peter. In other words, the Simon in you and the Peter in you are fighting. Peter is the one that God calls you. Simon is the one that life called you. And many believers are not operating the full identity of Peter. They are Simon, Peter, Simon, Peter, Simon, Peter. In fact, many believers are Simon, 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 Peter. Simon, 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 Peter. So they are Simons punctuated by Peter. But true spirituality is Peter, 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 Peter. Peter. Are you hearing this now? Right where you are right now, pray right where you are. Talk to Jesus. Jesus wants you. By the time they got back to the shore, guess what? Jesus already had a fire, he already had food, guys. He already had that. I want to dine with you. I want to, I want to feast with you. I want to breakfast with you. I don't want to be that person who is proud of you in private and does not have regard for you in public. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. check your phone I don't want to be that person 
Some of you have gone back to fishing. Fishing for opportunities in places Jesus called you away from. Fishing for opportunities that are far flung. Fishing for opportunities that Jesus says you've outgrown. God wants you. Jesus wants you. This is not the time to look around. This is not the time to look around. And if you can pray for yourself, pray for somebody. Say, Lord, touch somebody today. Touch somebody today. Touch somebody today. Touch somebody today. Speak. Touch somebody's heart. If you came with a friend or a loved one, say, God, don't let them go back the same way. Let there be a switch. Let there be a change. Let there be a transformation in their hearts, in their lives, in their Toby, I wish you would pray for somebody if you don't pray for yourself. Then get distracted. When you don't feast with Jesus, life will feast on you. Circumstances will feast on you. Situations will feast on you. The environment will feast on you. When you don't feast on Jesus. When you don't feast on Jesus. Jesus is the cup that won't run dry. 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 It's the cup that won't run dry. Father, we thank you for your word. Somebody once said, God, I'm starting again. The Simon and me seems to have taken over. The Simon and me seems to be running wild these days. The Simon and me that's the guy that is unstable that's the guy that is not reliable that's the guy that is not dependable that's the one that wants to go back to fishing that's the one that wants to solve his problems by himself the way he chooses that's the one that does not want to follow the instruction of Jesus saying this is where you should cast the net this is where you should work this is what you should give it's Simon Simon wants to do it his own way and that's why he toils all night and at the end of night seasons, he still catches nothing. Jesus says, I want, I want to break this pattern. I want to break the cycle of lack in your life. But it has to be done my way. Anything I'm asking you for, I can give you so much more of it. He proved it the first time he called Simon from fishing. He proved it again here at the seashore. And I believe this was a different scene. So it wasn't just a function of the location, it was a function of the revelation of the Christ. Thank you, Father. As you begin to wrap this up, I'm praying right now that somebody feels the love of Jesus. He does not come to condemn you, he comes to correct you. He comes to shape your heart. He comes to heal your heart. He comes to fill your soul. And if you've never received the life of Jesus, this is a great time to receive the life of Jesus. It says that God must send his son into the world to condemn the world. GBYU. He did not come to condemn us, condemn the world. He said, but to save the world. He said, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Reconciling the world to himself. Jesus is drawing you. 
when you leave him, he doesn't leave you. He draws you. He pulls on your heart. He calls you. He says, come, we can sunder. We can fix this. I will make you over. I will make you brand new. I will make you as though you were tear robber, untouched, untainted. But you have to trust me. You have to believe in me. You have to stop experimenting with your life. Your life is not your own. Due to, I wish you would pray for somebody if you won't pray for yourself. Your life is not your own. Your life belongs to God. He says, I am the author and the finisher of your faith. Thank you, Spirit of the Most High God. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing many in right now. Thank you, Jesus, for drawing the hearts of men and women. Oh, I wish I had some intercessors who would just pray this through in the Spirit. Somebody's coming back home. But the Word says that Peter, he had to drag. He had to drag that fish over a, a long distance somebody find what the contemporary distance is for me about a hundred and something cubits what's it in meters for context he had to drag it because sometimes coming back home means you have to drag some things and pull some things to Jesus sometimes it's not a walk in the park and if you've walked in the beach before how many of you have walked in the beach before it's not easy to walk in the beach the sand keeps pulling you back. The sinking sand keeps pulling you back. But somebody work against gravity this morning. Everybody let's stand. Everybody let's stand. Work against gravity this morning. And pull your way to Jesus. Pull your way as it's pulling on you. Respond to the call. Respond to the call of Jesus. Respond to the call. Respond to the call of Jesus. Respond to the call. Thank you, Jesus. Feel the love of his embrace. Feel the warmth of his embrace. Feel his love engulfing, overwhelming. Feel the love of Jesus in your heart. Come to Jesus, Nathaniel. Come to Jesus. He has come to the shore, but he also wants to take a few steps. Take a few steps. Take a few steps. He's covered the distance. But take that step of faith. What's that step? I believe in you, Jesus. I may have messed up, but I believe in you, Jesus. I may have lost my way, but I believe in you, Jesus. I may have made some mistakes, but I believe in you, Jesus. I may have fallen short. All men have seen fallen short of the glory of God, but I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in you, Jesus. Everybody, let's please you can place your hand on your chest we're gonna see this together I know some of us we're already saved we're already born again we have already received the life of Jesus we're gonna see this together and as we say together there are some people who are saying this for the very first time for the very first time first time Jesus is in the room today if you're saying for the very first time we're gonna be an opportunity to connect with us after I say the prayer but everybody realizes the word says that all men have seen falling short of the glory of God come short of the glory of God it says the wages of sin is dead but the gift of God is everlasting life it's a gift the disciples didn't have to go and look for Jesus Jesus came looking for them we are not the ones looking for God even when we think we're looking for God that hunger and that fire is our own response to the love he has always had for us the love he has always had for us so say after me oh God 
thank you for your love for me. Oh, I want everybody to say it. Oh, God, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for that love that has no expiry date. Thank you for that love that I can never exhaust. But the frailties of my flesh and the weaknesses of my humanity. Thank you for that love <laughs> displayed on the cross through your son Jesus Christ by his death, his burial, and his resurrection. I acknowledge that in my humanity, I am fallen. In my humanity, I have fallen short of your glory. I turn away from the frailties and the failures of my humanity. And I turn to you, Jesus. I turn to you, the Son of God. I acknowledge that you, Jesus, are the Son of God. I acknowledge that you died for me, that you were buried for me, and you are resurrected for my redemption. And I place my faith in you, Jesus, as the lover of my soul. I place my faith in you, Jesus. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for writing my name in the book of life. Thank you for engraving me in the palm of your hands. I now receive grace and mercy. I now receive strength and power to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I've prayed. In your own words, can you pray that in one minute? In your own words. Anyone who might be struggling with a frailty of the flesh, with a weakness, with a tendency, a proclivity that God brought you out of, but you went back to it in a moment of vulnerability, in a moment of weakness, in a moment of stress, in a moment of pain, in a moment where you are trying to relieve yourself. Just pray right now and just thank the Lord for mercy. Thank Him for grace. Thank Him for enablement and strength. Thank Him, Malahu Sabaya. Thank you, Father. We give you praise for the souls you have brought in this morning. We thank you for the reconnection and the redemption. Blessed be your name, Jesus. We adore you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Come on, if somebody heard a word from God, if you heard the voice of God this morning, can you clap those hands? Do you have a shout? Can you? Look at somebody and say, I'm feasting with Jesus. I'm feasting with Jesus. I'm feasting you may but see. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.